You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rinkside Chirps. I am your host, Kevin, and this week we've got my main man, Smelty Buddy. How are you? Dude, Kev, I'm tired, bro. I, I'm tired. I, I had, know. <laughs> I had the, uh, how old is he? We had one. He just turned one in November, uh, my nephew, yesterday, and, uh, like, mad respect to just parents everywhere because uh, I got to give them back. <laughs> I watched, we watched them for 12 hours, but dude, I'm, I'm, I'm dead, dude. So just mad, like, shout out to parents out there, mad respect. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just <laughs> the crying at the drop of uh, nothing, dude. It's just nuts. Yep. <laughs> it goes on and on for sure. I know that. No doubt. But good deal. Welcome back, everybody. Um, again, this is Banning with the Boys Ringside Chirps. Starting off, we're doing this whole episode as kind of a collective update on the Minnesota Wild and their season thus far. Uh, obviously, some big news. I'm sure a lot of you guys, you guys have seen what's been going on from head coach being fired, new guy coming in, some stuff going on with the uh, front office and Bill Guerin, um, kind of moving on to a little bit more towards some of the injuries and kind of what's been going on at the moment as well. So um, let's get right on into it, man. Dean Evison, head coach Dean Evison, uh, fired November 27th amidst a struggling wild team. Uh, first 19 games, 5, 10, and 4. You can't start a season like that, Smelzy. No, no doubt. I mean, especially a team that's looking to make their fifth playoffs in a row. And somebody that is a team that's expected to be a perennial playoff contender. Yeah, you, no, you can't start that way. No. And it's it's not like it looked like we could, like the Wild could just get out of it right away. Because it just wasn't wasn't the case. They just they were almost playing with no energy, like every night. It's like it was it's almost bad. like they didn't want to be there for sure. I think too that I think we had talked a little bit about it and just off the mic here. We had talked a bit about just Dean lost the room. I think is what happened, and uh, it's weird to think that you've been the coach for a couple of years. I think he came in for the fired Bruce Boudreaux and the uh, the shortened hockey season for the bubble season, if you remember that. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, during that. We lost Bruce Boudreau, got our main man, Dean Evison, took over and did a pretty good job. He had a pretty good winning record throughout the season and throughout his time with the, with the Wild. But uh, it seems like after a couple of years, he just kind of lost his musto and his gusto there, unfortunately. Like I said, I think he lost the room. Um, it just, something was off, right? I don't know what it was. I'm not sure how to fix that, but something was off. And I don't know if it's just coaching style or what. Um, I, so obviously, for those that don't know, this was... Uh, Dean's first NHL head coaching job. So I think for your, for for your first head coaching job, it really didn't go all that bad. Now, um, you know, obviously his playoff record isn't great. He never won. They never won a playoff series. What was his record? Under Dean Evanson, his playoff record. Uh, You have that? I do actually eight and 15 with no playoff series wins, which isn't bad. And it's actually better than, the guy we're going to talk about in a second. Really? But uh, 8 and 15, bro. That's not good. Yeah, and no playoff series win. And that's that's just the Wilds' kryptonite, as always. So I don't give a shit who's now, the head coach. Now, I think if the Wild didn't start off super, like, dead, 
this this year, I think he would still be employed for sure. So. so that's why I think yeah. that Dean will will still be a head coach in this league somewhere. I don't know who will end up taking that chance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not that big of a leap of faith. I think he still is a great coach, and I think yes. we'll see him. We'll see him in the future somewhere. Yeah. Do you, Do you have his entire career record? I with do the Wild? actually. What yeah. was the stats so, there? How did he do? Yeah. So let's see. Uh, um, let's see. So in 251 regular season games, Dean's record was 147, 77, and 27. Oh wow! I don't know what that win percentage is off the top of my brain. So 140 something and 77. Bad. So roughly 50 percent wins. Yeah. He had three full seasons. He was the sixth wild coach in history, history right? <laughs> which I can't remember. I was trying to name him off this yeah, morning, actually. Mike Yo, I remember uh, him. Yeah, so. He had Torchetti, who came in after oh, him. Oh, dude, interim. I forgot about Torchetti. I love Torchetti. He was I forgot hilarious. about him. Okay, so that's one yep, that Torchetti. I forgot. You had, uh, I think Bruce came in after that. Bruce. And yep. then Dino, and now what's his nuts? And now John. Uh, John Hines. And then Jacques Lemaire was the first one. There you go. That's, I was not around for the six, deck. though. There was, because John is, John Hines is the seventh. Is he the seventh? Oh, okay. Allegedly. So we, Jacques, oh. Mike Yo, Bruce Boudreau. What did you, how'd you say his name? Torchetti? Torchetti. Yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot. Uh, how long Torch. was he? he oh, was that's interim, right. Torch. Yeah, 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 he was an interim yeah. head coach at the end of one of the seasons when yeah, someone got, I think when I they canned Mike Yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Gosh, I can't remember who the last coach would have been then. Let's see. Oh, there was quite a few. Bob Mason, Rick Wilson, Todd Richards, Mike Yo, Jacques Oh, Lemire. Todd Richards. Yeah, I think he was the other full-time head coach. That sounds really familiar. Uh, yeah, this list kind of just goes on. There's there's more. Well, on they'll this probably list, include but... all the interims and stuff. But yeah. like, I think when they say like that, how John Hines is the seventh coach in Wild history, I yep. think that's more like I would imagine seventh full-time probably. coach, not considered interim. That would make sense. So there's a handful of interims in there. So yeah, for sure. That but I think, sense. but I think if that's what Dean's you know numbers are, one forty-seven, seventy-seven, twenty-seven, that's definitely good enough to have somebody else take a shot on you absolutely and i think he's what isn't dean canadian he is i think I believe. he's canadian so he like that's obviously a <laughs> seems to be a plus <laughs> when you when you talk about hockey if you're canadian or like some northern european <laughs> you gotta have, there's, there's something special in the water <laughs> yeah right 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 so with dean nevison getting the getting the boot kind of a big issue there he had a four game losing streak followed by two wins to lead up to him getting the boot. He then had a seven-game losing streak, and after that, obviously, we all know what happened. He got the boot. So, had the Wild, to your credit, had the Wild had a better start in the beginning of the season, would he still be here? Potentially. But regardless, I don't think if you have two four-plus game losing streaks in a season, you can't, you can't do that. It's hard to make... It's hard to make the playoffs when you go on losing streaks, especially to start the year. Yeah. Now points you, are points are important. Oh yeah, hundred I mean, percent. Now what you have going for you is you got a little bit of time to turn it around. Yep. But not that much. No, not especially when you think about it like this. Is like how many games are there? Eighty two of them. Thanks. And let's see, the Wild have already played. Uh, let's see, they've played twenty eight. So they're about a quarter of the way through the season, roughly a little less than a quarter. So there's a little time. Older. There's plenty of hockey left in the season to go. I, I think at the end of the day, the, the need was was necessary. To your point, the team just stopped showing up. It just didn't seem like they had any real kind of gusto behind them. And obviously, you got 82 of them things. You start off pretty rough like this. And twenty your first 20 games, you lose at least 11 of them, 10 of them. Come on. You can't do that. So, unfortunately, it is so long. Farewell to Dean Evison. Um, Dean's a, I think, to your point, I think Dean's an awesome guy. Awesome coach. I liked his style. I liked him personally. 
we will uh, we'll see where he goes next. Moving right along to Dean Evason's replacement, uh, new head coach John Hines, uh, formerly from the Predators. Uh, he's with the Wild. I did tweet at Michael Russo this morning. This is hot off the presses. Smells damn hot news. Hot off the press. Literally an hour ago. 9.32, it is 10.36, an hour and four minutes ago, from Russo's mouth directly, I asked him what the details of John Hines' contract were. Because you I know you and I were a little bit confused as to how oh, 100%. it was announced. Yeah. Was it was he taking over Dean's contract? Which Just is about, finishing the year? What? Yep. Yeah. What, what were the details? So Russo stated directly he, he signed a multi-year deal. First year is cost shared between Wild and Predators, or Wild assume the contract. It depends on what the teams negotiated. So with that being said, he did sign a multi-year deal. So, so he's not he, into it. So Russo he's doesn't here. quite know for sure himself. It's kind of hush-hush as far as like he might exact. know. He might know the details. He does not it. want to tell He you. just may not be public. <laughs> <laughs> I know Russo's a huge fan of the show. He doesn't want me to spill all the beans on our pod. He wants to save right, it for his own right. pod. Or but when he comes on as a guest. That could be. Once again, true. requesting you to come on. Come on, Russo. Let's go. Dude, he would come on and shred us, though. Oh, yeah. It would be hilarious. <laughs> but it'd be great, though. I mean, we'd, it'd be, <laughs> we'd make some good content. Yeah, sure. no doubt. But, yeah, so John Hines, multi-year deal. Not an interim head coach. He's here to stay. Hmm. For how long? We don't know. It could be two years. Multi-year is more than one, so it could be two. could be seven. I doubt that's going to be that long, but who knows? could be two or three I wonder years. If that informational, I wonder if that information will end up coming out at some point like here, like, like exactly what he's, how long he's here for. You know what I mean? Well, that and how much is going to make as well. Because don't it, I think to your point of the contract stuff with him, he was making just a tad more or tad less than Dean Evison was. He was making just shy of two million bucks a year on Dean's contract, and I believe that was the same thing that John was signed for with the Preds. It was about two million bucks a year. So as far as like dollars wise, obviously it doesn't hit the cap. It's about a wash. But with him being signed for a multi-year deal, how is that structured? Dang, NHL coaches are paid all right. It's not so bad. Well, I mean, hey, it's not terrible. But yeah. also, you're you're the first one to get your ass chewed out if you're screwing something. No doubt, no so. doubt. And we saw that happen. Dean gone. We so. definitely did. So, so yeah, want to give us a little bit of information? Yeah, on, yeah. On I just stats. wanted to touch on John Hines a little bit. That's how you say his last name, right? It is Hines. I believe it's H -Y -N -E -S Hines. H Y N E S. There. Yep. Okay. Well, he obviously he becomes the seventh head coach in Wild history. Um, with that, what he's what he's bringing to us, his career stats here. So. Career 284, 254, and 63 for a win percentage of 524 in 601 regular season games in eight seasons with the Preds and Devils. That's not super great. No, especially however, when you compare it to Dino's. No doubt, no doubt. So, however, most of that garbage, I guess you could say, <laughs> was with the Devils. Okay. Um, he did make the playoffs with the Devils, I think, once or whatever when he was there. I think he was there for four years. It was okay. four and four. Four with the Devils, four with the Preds, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. It's consistent. Maybe he's got a four-year deal with us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Right. Um, so, yeah, he last coached for the Preds from 2020 to 2023. That record for the Preds, 134, 96, and 18 in 248. So not horrible. Better. What was better that Better than the overall. Uh, 134, 96, and 18. Okay. So he qualified for the playoffs three consecutive years with the Preds. They didn't do shit. His, his <laughs> playoff record, this is the concerning part. This is the concerning part. It didn't yep. get much better from Dean. His John Hines playoff record is three and eleven. Oh, with, with that was just with the Preds. I didn't include the Devils just because it was so long ago. I just figured we take that sample size with the most recent. That's so rough. yes, he, they made the playoffs three consecutive years. 
But they, in 2019, 2020, they lost the fucking, excuse me, sorry. (laughs) This is how ridiculous this is. They lost the Coyotes in the qualifying round of the playoffs when they did that little round robin thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was a COVID deal or whatever. Yep, that was in the bubble season, I believe. So they only won one game against Arizona. The next year, uh, they lost to Carolina, which the Canes, that's when they were starting to get hot, 2020, 2021. Sure. They're starting to get nasty. They okay. won two games against the Canes. So they lost that series 4-2. And then the following year, they were swept by the Avs. Obviously, that was the Avs on the way to winning the Cup. I was going to say. And they were damn good that year. They were really good. So his, his, his playoff track record isn't super hot. Isn't super hot. No, nor was Dino's. Nor was Dino's. That nor record, was Dino's. Right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't know. I like the move. I like what the Wild have done with him on our team so far. But I like the move to a new coach. This guy's got a lot more experience, a lot more tenure within the NHL as a head coach in comparison to Dean. Because the only reason why I think he really got fired is because they didn't make the playoffs last year. So, sure. in his year four of four for the Preds, they didn't make the playoffs. So, their GM was like, it was, and I think it was new GM too, uh, oh. Barry Trotz. Trotz, yeah, something like which that, I, think I think is former coach of the Capitals or something. God, I remember him behind a bench. I think oh. I might have to look that up because now I'm curious. But anyway, whatever comes in, <laughs> cleans house. So as far as everybody, huh? so yeah, so he fired John Hines uh, this May, I believe it was the yep. spring. I think so. And right then after former, the and over. then former Wild player Andrew Brunette is actually now the head coach oh, there. Wow. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see, you know. He's he's you could say he's got a championship pedigree though. John Hines played for Boston University oh. from like 93 to like 97 something like that and they won the NCAA championship in 1995. So he knows what it he knows <laughs> what, what, it, what takes. it takes to win at a high level. <laughs> he's got the gusto behind him. He's got the experience there. So I like this I like to see that he's that he's here right now. I think we needed a change of pace. We need someone to win the room, right? His record's not the greatest. Granted, nor was Dino's in comparison to, like, his entire career. Dean, like I think we mentioned, it was just almost 50% or something like that. It was pretty good. This guy was pretty rough. So, like, numbers there aren't the greatest. But looking at what they're doing right now, they're killing it. Knock on wood. Pro tip, we we, we made a, a brand new desk here for the pod made out of solid wood. So, we'll, so now we'll we knock can on knock it. it. Yep, literally. <laughs> All these superstitions we talk about for the sports we talk about. John Hines, Wild is 7-2 and two with them right now. That's pretty sick. When you think about before Dean got here, they didn't have more than a, maybe a two- or a three-game win streak because they've only had five wins the season before he got here. So looking at the stats, pretty awesome. Fun fact, I went to the game yesterday. Shootout win against Vancouver, who had just shut us out a couple weeks prior. What an awesome game. Making yeah, him that would be a fun game to get to. Yeah, yeah, so much fun. We got plenty of free hockey. The right? Shootout was kind of lame, I would say. Yeah, wasn't as good as the last one. Like, just, we'll take it from both sides. They weren't really nothing crazy. You know what I mean? No, you got a nice grease. I think it was Boldy who threw his first one in there, which yep. is kind of yep. greasy up over the shoulder. It's a quick one. Um, but I digress. I'm happy with what the Wild are doing with John Hines. Looking at the record that Dino had, and then looking at the record that he's got, it's clear things have changed. Don't know what has changed, but something has changed. Wild are on again. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you can just see the energy levels different on the ice. And that's what I mean when I was saying how, like, the energy seemed low or, like, almost non-existent Yeah. Uh, to start the season. Dude, it looks way different. Even when we're losing games right now, so the last 10 were 7-3, and three, which so one of those wins might have came with Dean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, last 10 were 7-3, and three, even those three losses, the energy level on the ice in those three losses is different. 
It's good. And, and it's in, immeasurable, right? It's just a thing that you notice. There's no meter somewhere for no, that. No, no. But, like, but, it, but it looks, it just, just the style of play and everything like that, it looks different. Yeah. It really does. We got to get our main guys rolling again. We need to get, as always, we got to get Kaprizov earning the money he's making. Boldy's come out like a bat out of hell. He's okay. looking good. Kirill, his his shootout yesterday, what the F, bro? Awful. He's he sailed Awful. it. I think it, was, I think it was backhand, but he sailed Up it up over dude. the top. Yeah, we were, we were and it wasn't even close. Like no. it, it didn't hit pipe. It didn't hit. It wasn't. I heard it was an a inch or two above the net. All you heard was no. it smacking the glass. Yep. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, our seats are directly behind that, and we're in the double tax zone, so, so we got you, to see so it. You it was saw awful. It. Clear as day, dude. He probably would have had him. He probably would have had him. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with Kirill. That's people are saying he's playing hurt. With the new head coach, you would assume that either he would have a stand on that, like, hey, you're playing hurt, take time, get your stuff together. Or if it's one of those, like, you're kind of, you got a boo-boo, but you're going to figure it out and work through it, that's fine as well. But there's so much hockey left in the season. Sit him for a bit. Let him get healthy because we're going to need him. If that's the case, if he is injured. That's my, like, I just, it's so hard to see because I'm at the same point with, with a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I'm at that point with somebody, the quarterback for the Eagles, blah, blah, blah. Go listen to our other pod, people. Yep, NFL podcast. If you want to listen to NFL, but. Um, like he just seems off right now because he seems like he's playing injured to me and has been since early in the season. Yep. And I, I do think we're seeing some of that with Kirill, but like nobody's going to say shit. And that's the one thing, especially about the NHL when there's injuries, it's so hard because nobody wants to say nothing. No. Because especially in the playoffs for sure. But like, because everyone's like playing broken because, because now you're gunning for that player. Now, like, unfortunately that's just how the NHL rolls. It's It's a little dirty. It's a little dirty. So if you know Crazy. if you know Kirill's playing injured on the other side, you're gonna beat him up. You're sending your enforcer to go look for him. That's yep. it, all game. Just go find Kirill and make sure he's on the ice. You got it. And that's tough. That's tough. But we need we need some scoring out of the guy who's getting just an ungodly Not amount of money. Right Kirill Bolt. That whole first line. We need we need we need more. Boldy's been on a tear, but who else has been on a tear? Is our penalty kill? New head coach, new assistant coach, right? Because they fired Bob Woods as well when yep. Dino got yep. got the boot. So with that penalty kill, twenty-seven for thirty-one under John Hines and the new uh, assistant coach, coach, excuse me, uh, Pat Dwyer, who ran the penalty kill down in Iowa before replacing Bob Woods. So that's pretty sweet. The Iowa team obviously has done pretty well. You got Jesper Walsta down there. The whole team down there is always producing pretty good results. Seeing him come up here and have the success that he's having, I don't know if it's Pat Dwyer who's the guy that's the real change and difference maker, or if it's the kind of John Hines combo platter with the two of them, or if it's just John being John and saying, let's block some shots here, boys. I want to say it's a combination of everything. I love the thing. It's a combo platter. I don't think anything in the NHL is a one man thing. You know? Yeah. I think there's been so much change that now, I don't know. I think it's just a combination of everything. I think Pat Dwyer's a big part of that though. I agree. A big part of that. Cause Iowa has been fine for years. Yep. They do really well. And they, you know, AHL, you never know who's going to be on your team the next year, truly. You might have an idea. Yep. But you really never know because it's just a revolving door. Literally. That's so crazy. Which is what it is. So if you're still successful with that revolving door. That's impressive. That's a pretty good track record. Yep. Then think what you can do in a a more stable, permanent, not permanent, but semi-permanent type of a role where your players are going to relatively be the same night in, night out. Maybe you got a couple of, you know, a couple of guys that switch out. So. Looking great. Love to see the PK. I think they only let in one, maybe a couple over the last couple of games. Yeah, 27 and 31. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many uh, uh, games. I think it was like seven or nine or ten 
games who said that that's what that's over. So I'm impressed. I like it. We'll uh, we'll see if they can continue the well, hot streak. And real quick, I'll just throw this in yeah. there. I was gonna save this for later, but what do you got? So our goal differential, Ooh. November twenty seventh, when Dean was fired. Yep. Our goal differential was negative twenty. Today, as of this morning, our goal differential is negative five. That's an improvement. So we're that's scoring or we're stopping goals. Both. I think it's, it's a both. little bit of both. 100%, right? It's a little bit of both, and yep. that's and that just shows you a team that's completely changed. Yeah. Um. Not the culture, but I mean, maybe, you know, like, you know what I mean? Just I a completely different mindset. Yeah. To knock five goals off that, or I'm sorry, 15, 15. goals off that goal differential. A lot. In nine or 10 games? In a few weeks. Yeah, that's impressive. I think the PK is a big part of that. I think the PK was a oh, sieve 100%. beforehand. Oh, so. it, it was, it, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we should have got those numbers, but it's not worth it because it was so bad. Yeah. We, we don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> we'll leave that one to die. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great to see what the Wild are doing right now. I love to see it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the goaltending as well here in the, in the next couple of sections. But um, love to see it. The boys are hot. Welcome back, Minnesota Wild. Welcome, John Hines. Let's go. Moving on to some information that we do know and some information that we don't know. Front office shakeups here with the Minnesota Wild. Let's talk about it quick. So, Looking at it right now, the assistant GM of the Minnesota Wild, Chris O'Hearn, and the Minnesota Wild, in quotations, have mutually agreed to part ways. Smeltzy, what the hell does that mean? Uh, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, not to quote Michael Scott from The Office, but when someone says something's mutual, it never is. You know what I mean? So, it's just really ironic uh, that Invet that two separate investigations were wrapping up internally at the exact same time, at the exact same time. And now all of a sudden O'Hearn has agreed to leave allegedly yep. Um, yep. when he just recently signed a new deal. He did. So, what was the term of that deal? Do we know? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea, but he did recently sign a deal. I don't know if it was a spring or what, but yep. so to say that this is kind of unexpected is, is true. I yeah. mean, so what what the hell's going on? It, no uh, idea. Allegedly, people yelling at each other. Like, and again, That's, like he might not be part of that. But why did he mutually agree to just dip out? Well, did him probably, and BG clash because he's been BG's guy. Since That's his twenty nineteen. Right, it's his right hand man. You need something. That's what he goes to. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that O'Hearn is like the cap guy. He's in their crunch yeah, numbers. He was their and biggest. Uh, what did they say? He was uh, the chief contract negotiator and expert on all transactional and collective bargaining agreement issues. Sounds like you need a guy like that. Especially in the season that we're having where you're just in cap hell for the next so, two years. Come on. BG almost has nobody left in the front office. He's got vice president of hockey strategy, Matt Sells, and then assistant to the GM, Mike Murray, who also is Iowa's GM. So, I mean. He's already pulling double duty. What is going on with the Wilds front office right now? I mean, yeah, O'Hearn's gone. And now, you know, we might as well bring in the BG stuff too. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, Bill Guerin, another investigation. And to some verbal abuse against the none, the one and only Whitey, man. Andrew Haight, who is like the guy for the wild. He handles team um, logistics. He handles team um, travel, a bunch of different stuff with the alumni and all sorts of stuff. Russo's written countless articles about how this dude has saved the day single-handedly on just some chaotic events from a truck being on fire with all of the wild's gear in it. Oh, that's right. To all sorts of different things. Like I bet Russo's buddies with that guy. Oh, 100%. He has some really cool articles and like some interviews that he's written, like he's done with him. I'll go back and look at them. They're so good. They're so good. And like being like in like 
sidebar, being in like the logistic and like the kind of project management world that I'm in, like seeing like, the behind the scenes stuff, especially of a team that I'm so passionate about. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So reading and hearing like the interviews and the articles and stuff. So cool. So I, there's not much that we know on this. All we know is that there was something that happened with Bill Guerin and Andrew Haight in the end, towards the end of November that Andrew Haight has then kind of a step, effectively stepped away for a like a week or so from the wild. Wasn't on, uh, was at some team practices. Wasn't responding to things, excuse me. And he's been here over 10 years. He's been around for 10 years and he's yeah. the guy. He wasn't responding to text messages from Russo. He wasn't getting back to anybody. Same thing with Bill Guerin. Once the news broke about O'Hearn, Russo was mentioning in some of his articles that they haven't heard back from him, from Guerin. Usually he's, Johnny on the spot to get back to Nobody was saying shit. And that could have been part of the investigation, right? Like, hey, everybody needs to stay tight-lipped yep. until this thing is over. Okay, well, now it's over, and everybody's still tight-lipped. Yep. So what the hell happened, dude? Like, I just think I really... Obviously, not, they didn't find something concrete enough or enough of whatever the hell it was to fire BG. And Commissioner Gary Bettman was was briefed he was and everything, him, right? and he was, quote, satisfied with the results. So obviously there's something, it's just a workplace incident, I guess, is what I would consider. It's like it's like if I yelled at one of my employees, I guess, which Maybe I just don't do. Right. But like, <laughs> like, that's what it just sounds like to me, and it just got blown up. But like, why is everybody so tight-lipped about the investigation? That's the part that makes me like, okay, well, it's more than that then. It's yep. got to be. And, that's and the, the assistant GM mutually left. So that's the weirdness. It's like the timeline for all that. Wild, no pun intended. I say it all the time, but I love saying it. <laughs> but it's it's just wild, man. It just adds to our weird season. It definitely does. I'm going to be very interested, one, to see how our predictions stack up for the record for the season this year, but also just like how we do, but also like what's next. You have a terrible start to the season. You fire your head coach. Now you've got countless injuries to star players. You've additionally, on top of that, you've got investigations to your front office leading to one of the right-hand men from your GM getting the can. Not that this is the biggest deal, but you got fans upset. People are pissed. People are pissed, man. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the rest of the season plays out. God forbid we don't have any more news or drama or anything crazy like this. Dude, because this seriously. has been a lot. We all need therapy for what's been happening so far as Wild fans. But I'm going to be very interested to, one, see if any more news or information comes out about this investigation. To your point, everyone's been tight-lipped, not saying a word about it, but... With a guy like Andrew Haight, who, again, has been the right-hand the right hand man for pretty much everybody in the Wild. From, again, if you're a new player that just moves to or gets moved to the Wild, you're contacting this guy to help you set up a, a rental car or a car, travel expenses for your family and your gear. You got him helping you with a lot, lodging from a hotel to a rental apartment if you're sticking around for a bit. Like, he's the guy. Like, it's crazy to me that this happened. But also, even in more craziness to me, they named him in the article. When you have yeah. any investigation, you usually never out, if you will, the reporter. It doesn't happen like that. One for protection for that person, but in all of the articles. So that's what this stems down to is BG had and height had an issue. Yes, that altercation. It, we'll call it something. Yeah, verbal abuse. verbal altercation. Yes, that's <laughs> what it was, which is kind of crazy to think about. And but, like a lot of these articles, just keep. Sending us around in circles. Russo's was probably the best one I've read uh, to this point on He's this closest to the team this situation. Home. Well, and that's yeah. just it. So if Russo's not letting us know what happened, then guess what? We're not going to know right now. Right. I'm, I'm because nervous if it's to allowed to be public and allowed to be out there, nothing. Russo there. would have already written something up about it. It'd have been there yeah. at this point. So it just gosh, it's just something to 
It's spooky. Something to like chew on. Yeah. Well, and- <laughs> I guess for the next few weeks and see if anything else comes out about it. And I don't think there will be. I think this is somehow going to just go away. It's going to fade and get away. Swept under the carpet. Mm-hmm. Well, not to like go super in depth here, but a couple of little like conspiracy theories. I'm not quite sure how people get paid in the media, but you usually get paid off of engagement with your posts. A lot of the posts that were written only state the word abuse. They didn't specify the type of abuse. So a lot of people went straight to the worst abuse that you can find and think about in like a professional setting like yeah, that. Yeah, did BG punch somebody in the face? That or something <laughs> a little bit more heinous, right? You oh, just never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They just said abuse. True. So a lot of people were very upset. You mentioned fans were pissed. A lot of people were upset about that. Well, fans then, are pissed for more than that reason. Yes. But- and then the next day... Boom. There's the actual article about the verbal abuse they specified and gave the information out. Mm. So it'll be very interesting to see if more information comes out about that. But you think about the other investigations and lawsuits and stuff like that that have happened in the NHL. All the crap with Chicago. They still got a number one draft pick and got Bedard. And they used to have another one where the coaches are in trouble and all the GMs and their front office is all in trouble with that. It's all been wiped under the rug already. They don't no one cares anymore. It's over with. But that's still huge, huge allegations into the into that organization. And they're just left and just well, in the kind wild, of obviously, the rug. Yeah, and the wild obviously state what? That they, they take um, workplace. What What did they say exactly? They said something like, uh, oh, here it is. Got it. Quote, the Minnesota Wild takes its code of conduct. Again, this is from Russo's article on The Athletic. Yep. Uh, quote, the Minnesota Wild takes its code of conduct seriously. We recently concluded two separate investigations into alleged violations of that code of conduct and have taken appropriate steps to address the matters raised to our attention. The club will not comment further. Whoa. Something happened. You know, the club will not comment further. Like, usually it just ends. Yep. But, like, to make sure that people know that the, the quote-unquote, the wild, whoever the hell is speaking yeah. <laughs> to this, because I don't some, know who said that. That's some lawyer jargon, 100%. Right. That's just something that a lawyer read up. Read, you know, and again, that's up, the that tight it. lip shit. Yep. So, I, it's, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Again, something to yep. chew on. Absolutely. We will see what happens. On to our next topic here. Let's talk some goaltenders, man. Look, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Luke Gustafson on a tear. I mean, right now. and the thing is, is there's going to be some Fairweather fans and generic fans that are going to be like, oh my God, he's playing so good, blah, blah, blah. No, this is what we expected to see from him at the beginning of the season, in my opinion. Nope. This is nope. exactly what we're, this is exactly why we thought he should be the number one tendy with with uh, future Hall of Famer backing him up. That's mm-hmm. a great combo. Absolutely. Now, I think we can absolutely make the argument that he was sucking early in the season because the whole team, the it team was, as a whole was sucking. It was rough. So, yep. you know, it is what it is. But now, like, what he's given you, like, look at his last two games specifically against Calgary and then against Vancouver. Uh, I mean, he's let up three goals in those two games with yep. over, what is that, 70... I'm bad at math. 73 shots between the two games, and he's let up three goals. That's impressive. I'm taking that. That's great. I'm taking that. Yeah. Well, then with the last three games, he had a shoot, uh, yeah, shutout. In the game right me. before that, he had a 24-save shutout yep. against the Kraken, And then who are not that bad right now. No. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're not great, but they're not bad. Yep. So, you got to think, last three games, he's got a shutout against Seattle, and then two shootout wins against, we said it was Calgary, and then the game I went to yesterday was against Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Now let's think about it here from in the beginning of the season. He played 11 games in the, the season. He only had two wins in 11 games to start off the season. That's rough. And, and the wins part for goalies, I, I compared to wins for a starting pitcher in the MLB. Yep. 
you know, that wins column. It's because it's, uh, it's, it's the wins is more of a team stat. It's, yep. it's a player stat, obviously, for goalies. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, comparing to starting pitcher, like a starting pitcher could give you six shutout innings, and now your bullpen comes in and gives up five runs and you lose the game. Yep. And that pitcher either probably gets the no decision then, actually. But it's the same thing with Gus, you know? Like, 11 games, only two wins. Well, we know the team was playing like garbage. That's true. Stats so, make more sense. How many goals against? How many saves? Yeah. What does that look like but, a little bit but, more? But, I mean, but. the wins as a goaltender, that's still a stat. We'll take that. You know? Yep. You got to think, a lot of times when you're making a decision based off a goaltender, who's the hot hand right at the moment? Normally, you take the guy with the most wins if he's on a win streak. Right now, Gus is on a three-game win streak, I believe. So, like, he's killing it. And he, so, he had two wins in 11 games, and right now, he's got eight wins in 18 games, including two shutouts. That's impressive. And, you know, coincidentally, the first 11 games with the old head coach, Dean Evison. Right. Flurry was thrown in there a couple of different times. Right. Things change up. John Hines comes in, gets that first game against, I believe it was St. Louis, who the Wild played right with uh, John Hines' as his first game with the Wild putting Gustafson in there since then he's got one loss in his last seven games from my understanding and the last yep, three no, you're right have been stellar performances stellar yep so Quinn for for me I think it's pretty funny Russo interviewed him yesterday and the latest article talked about the JT Miller some gamesmanship I love this quote it's so funny to me Gustafson said because he had a breakaway on JT Miller or sorry JT, JT Miller had a breakaway on Gustafson yesterday in the game at one point earlier in the game before the shootout he Teased the five hole a little bit, shut it closed real fast. JT Miller took the bait, stayed the shot to the side. Lone man breakaway, pretty impressive. Good job on, on Gus. Shootout comes up, does the same exact thing. He's like, I don't think he's going to take the bait on that. He didn't take the bait on it, but Gus still Gus made the planned same. on that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No. So here's the quote. Here's the quote from, from Gustafson. It said, it's a cat and mouse game, and I took the cheese today. I love that quote. That's hilarious. One, Gustafson's a Swedish guy. Sometimes if you have a different language as your first language, humor isn't always the funniest. Like the best thing that you're good at, that was comedy to me. One, Ben and Jerry is so funny, but that's that's great. I think it's hilarious. So good for him. He's got his gusto back. No pun intended. He's got his gusto back. He's got that confidence. He's playing like a stud right now. Again, what did we talk about? Three wins in the last, or three wins in a row, and then seven Six in the last, in the last seven? Yeah, six in the last seven. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. You no. need that. That's why you got to do that. And especially he played like that at the end of last season. That's why we were, like you said, we were trying to get that to get him. We were com- we were super confident, yes. actually, coming into the season with our goaltend. And that's what that's what we expected him to kind of continue on. Didn't happen. New head coach comes in. New assistant coach comes in. Boom. Gus is back. Because it's a new culture in there. It's got to be. It's it. got to be with everybody. Now, obviously, the team in front of him is playing way better. That's not only going to instill confidence in yourself, but yep. also you're able to maybe actually see the puck. Yeah. Maybe guys are finally clearing those screens away from in front of the net so you can see the puck. Like, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you saw him taking care of one-on-one situations, which a goalie should lose that 10 out of 10 times. An NHL's caliber player, I like, I don't care how good the goalie is, the goalie should lose that 10 out of 10 times. Absolutely. Like, I didn't play at a high level. Yeah. I'm no NHL goalie. I just played in leagues down at Mary Really Uchi, guy? You sure. know, where the, go- where the Gophers play and shit. Yep. But, uh... It, when you're one on one, there's the player can do anything. Mm-hmm. You you have to try to almost guess. Not not yep. it's not as much of a guessing game as it is in football, with soccer and, and whatnot, where yep. you like on a penalty kick or whatever, you definitely have to guess as a goalkeeper. You get no chance. Soccer, but yep. Um, but it's the same deal. One on one, you're just like that guy can 
and player hockey players nowadays, they can put that puck wherever they want. It's true. They can do anything with that thing. So the fact that he's coming up not only in general these past few games, but the one-on-one situations. Impressive. I'll take that. We needed it from Gus. Let's move on to another guy here. Let's talk about Flurry a little bit. What do we need from him? How about some freaking wins, dude? Well, and that well, and that's just it, right? So Flurry's played two games since uh, Mr. Hines has taken over. Yeah, what's his, his record first, in those? His first, uh, one and one. His first game was a dub, twenty nine saves, okay. only let up one goal. Awesome, it's pretty good. I'll take twenty nine saves on one goal. All that was against Chicago. That was against Chicago. Yep, that's impressive. That's right. That was that. That's right. Was that the shootout where he tripped? Uh, <laughs> where I can't he remember. Darden through. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I, that, that might it? be right. That might be right. <laughs> um, and then the next game he played, which was five days later against Edmonton. Yep. 40, 40 shots against, and he let up four, which is still a nine hundred save percentage, which really isn't horrible. You're kind of looking for that more of that nine twenty to nine yep. 30, 35, somewhere in there. But we we took the L there. So I'd, I'd have to go back and look at those goals just to see whose fault that really is, you know, yeah. if it was Flurry or whatever. Because early in the season, dude, I've never seen NHL goalies give up the types of goals Flurry was giving up. I mean, just basic wristers was bad. to your to your glove side. That should be. I don't know. If, for me, it was my dominant side. My, if you want to beat me, you're going high blocker every time. That, that, and, you, and you probably got me. That's pretty common, I believe, as well, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I'd get lucky and save some with the knob on my stick. Actually, yep. more often than not, it was, <laughs> it was pretty lucky. But uh, Nice. But no, like some of his shots going straight to his glove, they were just float in. It was weird. They're slow as shit, float into the net. And he just, like, he didn't even see him. So he's in the role he should be in. He's he's a Hall of Fame goaltender. There's no Mm -hmm. question there. He's a perfect backup situation for a a playoff team, to be honest with you, just because of his playoff experience. He knows what it takes to win at the highest level in the NHL. Um, now, are we a contender? That's another conversation we'll have here in a little bit. But I, I think we're we're seeing what we need to from him. Now, his season stats are still abysmal. 3.29 goals against with an 8.86 save percentage. That's not good. He hasn't really had but a big that, sample size. But, like, sitting. as a backup goalie, mm, that's probably on par for a backup goaltender, you know, unless you have a really good one, too. I was going to say a backup goaltender, but of his caliber, though, like you said, it's a Hall of Fame goaltender. Right, you right. still assume you'd, or you'd expect more. And But he's also, like, he's 39 years old, bro. Okay. I, I know I'm not 39, but there's no way he can still move like he did when he was winning cups for the Pens. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. So, do I need to see more from him? Not really. I think we know exactly what we're going to get from Flurry at this point. Mm-hmm. A goaltender that's playing out of his position every chance he gets, but then gets <laughs> back in position and makes a crazy save, and everybody's like, whoa! No, he plays out of position all the time. We talked about that. Me. I know. We talked about one of our first episodes uh, this year. But again, like yep. again, and I said this earlier it's too, wild. I'm still going to get a Flurry Wild jersey. I still think it's crazy he's even on the team. I would have never have guessed he would be here. Um, but... I don't think any wild fan ever thought that we'd ever have a goaltender of his caliber. No, hell on no. our team. Hell no. We get we're gonna get one in the next few years. We already have him. Let's go, Jesper. He's he's growing get in him Iowa. Up. Yep, dude's killing it too. Yeah, he's killing it. Too. Let him but, cook. Hey, let yeah, him cook. let him cook. But uh, I seeing the play of both tendies, I feel more confident now going on with the rest of the season without making any moves in the net. Leave it. Yeah, we're 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 still handcuffed for those two years. Don't change a lot of shit up, and that's. That's just, again, a whole nother conversation of wild fans being frustrated, but just let them buck. We're fine. Um, obviously, Gus is showing you there should be no question he should be your number one starter. If we make the playoffs game one, it's going to be Gus. It better be. 
It better be. Now to one of our next segments here. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the injury bug that seems to continue to plague the Minnesota Wild. Jonas Brodeen, what a bummer, man. That got taken out by Evander Kane on a pretty questionable hit that went uncalled. Obviously, all Wild fans will say every day of the week, that's a call that you got to call. <laughs> any Homer fan of any team would say that that yep. would be the case. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree, obviously. Again, I think it's a pretty brutal hit. Didn't really have the puck nearby. Gets his face squished up against the boards. At least a boarding call, if not a five-minute in the game, um, or a ten-minute in the game, whatever you want to call it. I think that it's a rough hit. And obviously, he's hurt now. It's tough. Yeah. He's one of your best defensemen, if not your best You're defenseman. Prob- probably your best defenseman. I would say he's our number one defenseman. And, I mean, 23 minutes uh, time on ice per game, I mean, that's you're losing that immediately like that, you know? That's yep. not something that you can just plug and play anybody into. No. So now you're looking at um, N, which I'll just touch on it here real quick anyway, Spurgeon also day-to-day. So right now your defensive pairings are Middleton, Faber, Goligoski, Bogo, and John Merrill, and Damon Hunt got called back up. That's an odd it's <sighs> series of players for sure. But who's been a stud for us this season on the defensive side of things? Brock Faber. Yeah, no, I mean, the kid, the kid's got it going yeah. on. I actually watched him, what was it? Was it the Calgary game? Yeah. I think a couple days ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched him take a take a shot straight to his ankle. I was like, oh, no. I was like, for sure. I was like, dude, he could have broke that or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a it was rocket like, from the line right, at, right yeah. at your laces, right at the top. I was like, oh, my God. That goes Great. on. Nope. Still on the ice for the next for the next puck drop. And I was like, oh, bet. Yep. So, no, I mean, Faber's shown us exactly what we were hoping for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you think about it, when Brodeen and Spurgeon are healthy, now you add in Faber, now you add in Middleton, that's a decent top four. Top four is great. And now if you have a combination of Goligoski, Bogo, Merrill in that third pairing, I'd almost rather get Damon Hunt a little more involved than, say, Goligoski. I personally, I can't stand Goligoski. I know he's like a, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty he's sure he's a like Paul Minnesota Tile. Yeah, he's a St. Paul guy, I think. But or every time the dude's on the ice, it is, it is a shit show if you're going to get a stupid, goofy penalty or not. Every time he's on the ice, I get nervous. However, I think he's only taken one penalty in the last couple of games since those two guys have been out, and it wasn't that egregious, and we didn't get a Goal against, I don't think. And he does look a little, Goligoski does look a little bit different in a good way than he did earlier in the season. I will give him that. At I think least. it's what happens when you get benched or scratched for a hot minute. You and you're like, fire shit, under my you. career's on the line. Because this yeah. is probably his last stop. He's 38 years old. He's not great. So, I mean, you got to He's probably going to retire playing for the hometown team. Which would make, it's a, you know, what is that, a storybook ending kind of a thing to your to your, your career? So, I get it. I'm sure, but like. He's also the first guy to get healthy scratched right now. Yep. You know, and I think he knows that. So I think now he's finally starting to make the most of the opportunities he opportunities he is getting. Yep. And I, I obviously would love to see him succeed. I just, right now, Galagoski in that second D-line pairing scares the hell out of me. Sketchy. I don't even like Bogo there, uh, to be honest with you. Yep. So I, I don't know. I think that's still our weakest point on the team is our, our yeah. defense, but yeah, especially when we have our top guys injured. Yeah. Well, I think to your credit of that second line being scary and the third line being young Brock Faber in the last two games has over 30 minutes of accumulated ice time. Now let's put that into perspective. They both went into a shootout. So you get an extra five minutes of overtime play, but in which 
the first game against Calgary, he was out there for Probably almost mo- three at least minutes, minutes at least, three yeah, or four almost minutes. Almost the whole thing. Right? Yeah. And then the shootout happens, right? Same thing for last night. So the first game, two games ago against Calgary, he had 30 minutes and like eight seconds of ice time. The game last night, he had like 31 and a quarter, like 31 God. minutes, like 30 odd seconds. That's wild. Again, I love saying that, but it's true. <laughs> Think about the numbers back from our cap hell guy, Ryan, uh, Ryan Suter. How many minutes was he playing a night? That's Suter type minutes, but yeah, more. Yeah, that is, that is Suter minutes. Right? Yeah. And same thing, like, I got to bring him up. Matt Dumba, towards the end of his time with the Wild, he was playing really good hockey. Up. Hell yeah. He's playing, <laughs> he's playing really good hockey, and he was getting a lot of ice time because he was playing really well. And I think to the credit of Brock Faber, he's getting a ton of ice time. But also, I think John Hines is bought into the Faber, like, story. He's killing it. Young buck. Looks fantastic guess, as a young guy. Guess who leads our team in time on ice? It's got to be Faber. He's tied with Brody in at 23.59 per game. And that's your top D-line? Yeah. I personally would Third put is them, Spurge. Yeah. At 23.14, almost the same deal. Yep. So I, I, I personally think you got to throw Spurge in, or sorry, you got to put Faber and Brodeen as your number one defensive pairing every game. That's that's my... And then Spurge and Middleton? Spurge and Middleton, second pairing. Yeah. That's my opinion, especially where how they've been playing. Who would you put on the third then? Uh, the so combination gotta, of whoever the fuck, you know? <laughs> Whoever's here at the moment. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't like Goligoski, but if he continues to play how he's been playing, give him a shot because he's ridden the bench. He's been a healthy scratch, hanging out in the press box for a hot minute. Most of the last season as well. Dean, if I'm not mistaken, he hated that guy or just did not like to play him because no, when he did he play did. him, he made bonehead yeah, he moves did. and that's just what we got. Right. So then he gets scratched and never really plays. But, so, it, but if that second, the current second line, Goligoski and Bogo, if that's your third line. That's a bruiser. That makes me feel better. That's a big, beefy line. Like I don't like it as dudes. my second defensive pairing, but as no. my third? You okay. put him out there to kill time. And then have my and have Damon Hunt as my guy that would be fill-in before John Merrill would be? Yep. Uh, I, feel, I feel a little better about that. I'm not mad about it. So I think with the injuries right now, unfortunately, we're not quite sure when. I think Brodeen is on the IR list right now, so he can't come back. Brodeen's until gone for January 2nd is minute. when he's eligible to come back. If oh, that's quicker you, than I thought. So that's good. Yep. They, they, I think they backdated his IR. So I think that's why we oh, hit him back a little earlier. Oh, yeah. So, I read that. You're right. They did backdate his IR. Yep. So I don't know when. I believe it's January 2nd, I think, is what this they is said. the first day, like, he could be back. Yep. Okay. But he plays against Calgary again. Okay. Uh, or not again, excuse me, but it, that, that game would be against Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. So okay. maybe. If he doesn't come back for that, maybe he gets back by the 4th, January 4th against the Lightning. Who knows? Okay. Then Spurgeon, day-to-day. We don't we could, know yet. We could see him tomorrow. We could see him Tuesday. We could we see could. him at the end of the week. Who knows? Know? I, 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 I want to get Spurgeon back, but he's been hurt twice now. Both lower body injuries, too. Could he have re-aggravated the first injury he had in the end of the preseason? Maybe. Obviously not Maybe, but if it was more serious, I feel like it'd be week to week, not day to day. Could very you well be. You know what I mean? Could very well be. But I'm no, I'm no doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. The injury bug, yet again, has plagued the Minnesota Wild. But step-ups by some of the young bucks. Again, Brock Faber looking like a stud. Uh, I'm not upset about Merrill. I'm not upset about Damon Hunt. Again, Bogos, he's there. <laughs> we have Goligoski. We're getting what, but, we're, what we knew we'd get out of Bogo. So. Yep. But the Wild have been winning without these two guys in the lineup, which I think is an incredible testament to what the Wild are actually capable of doing without their top two like defensemen. I still think that Faber is up there as the second top. Damn, a second. That's crazy. I, it's cr- I'm not. I, now, I, as far as line combinations, I like what you're saying. Brodeen yep. with Faber and then Middleton with Spurgeon. That I like. Yep. I still think Spurgeon is our second best defender sure. on the team. I think Brock Faber 
is our best offensive defenseman on the team. Sure. Kind of filling that Dumba void. Love because that. the thing is, and that's I don't want to go heavy on Dumba because we always do. <laughs> yep. Because you're a Dumba uh, lover. Dumba die hard here. Die yep. hard. That's a better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I didn't mean to say lover. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what Dumba would give you. He'd sit down in that Ovechkin slot on the p- power play, or all of a sudden he would just he could carry the puck into the zone. Okay. I trust Faber carrying the puck into the zone. Absolutely. Brodine's smooth as shit. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Brodine as much carrying the puck into the zone right. or Spurgeon or literally anybody else yeah. on our defensive side. Just favor. Just favor. Yep. Otherwise, that's okay. give it to somebody else. But yeah. I like having a guy like that, though. And that's why, like, Agreed. is he, is favor on our first power play? He is good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's exactly, that is, uh, yeah. That's good. No, I'm, I'm cool with favor being, being where he is. For sure. We'll see what happens. Obviously, again, we might get Spurgeon back here pretty quick. And then there's a, I would believe there's a holiday break coming up here in the next couple of weeks around Christmas time. And then you got New Year coming up as well. So maybe might be a couple of, maybe it'll be a few games, let me rephrase. And so we get Brodeen back by the second, less than a few weeks. We'll see what happens. All right, Smouncy, we're at the last segment of this episode. I know everyone's sad. I'm sorry. Catch us in the next one. But before we go, talk a little bit about what's happening with the Wild right now and where we're going to be going here pretty in the near future. Yeah, I mean, like like we've already touched on the last 10, they are 7-3 and three on a three-game winning streak right now. That's so an they, impressive three-game winning streak as well. No doubt, oh, yeah. no doubt. And they so they play tomorrow, and then they play Tuesday as well, right? Yep. Yeah, so. Back-to-backs. So they got, uh, who was it? I think it's Pittsburgh got? and Boston. Yeah. Ooh. Penguins and Bruins, back-to-back. That's going to be a, well, a rough game. That'll rough be a little tough. Um, mm-hmm. Pe- Pittsburgh's kind of having a season like us. They're kind of, they don't really know what the the heck's going on over there yeah. and we don't either so yeah. <laughs> i think that's winnable uh who's the next game sorry tuesday was what uh boston bruins that'll be tough that's one of the better teams in the league uh but if we can even if we lose against the bruins if it's two to one three to two mm-hmm. that makes me feel a lot better than where we were at the beginning of the season yeah i agree if we can even get a point out of that it'd be cool because the last two games we've gone into overtime and shootouts so i mean if we can kind of continue that on just scrounging up a point somewhere, and then obviously if we get the dub, even better. Better than zero points. I'll take that. And, they did and, and talking points, like, um, you know, obviously the Wild are in the Central and the Western Conference. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, Dallas Stars, Avalanche, they all are sitting at 38 points. Tied. Oh, wow. One, two, three. I didn't know that until wow. just now. I just looked at it. I was like, holy shit. That's kind of cool. Um, so as far as where the Wild are in the Central... They're a solid 10 points back. The Wilder's sitting at 28 points right now. Do I think they have a chance to win the Central Division? Absolutely not. Do I think they have a chance to get into the wild card? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. With the new culture change a little bit, the new coach, the Wild right now are sitting four points out of that second wild card. That's more than doable. We have three quarters of the season left. There's a lot of hockey left. You said there's 82 of them things, 30, right? 60. So actually, we're about That's a third a done. Mm-hmm. A third done. While they played 28 games, there's 82. Yeah. About a, about third. a third. So yep. it's about two-thirds of the season left. That's absolutely doable. And again, the big difference for me is that goal differential going from negative 20 to negative 5. Yep. Oh, we're trending in the right direction all of a sudden. We got to keep that momentum. My worry, knock on our, our beautiful desk here, knock on wood, is that we don't let this flutter out, right? New coach, new stuff going on, new culture. Guys are, you know, locker rooms buzzing. They have, like, I'm not sure if you've seen the videos, but they have, like, that mid-arm, like, the medieval, like, helmet. Whereas, like, before they used to have, like, the kayaking helmet, and they had, like, a cowboy hat and some other different oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 You know, they pass along, like, the bucket or whatever. They have, like, this medieval helmet. Again, every team, 
every team has their goofy little nuances and stuff like that. I just hope I just hope that they can continue and keep the mojo going. I don't want this to flutter out and two games from now we just get our behinds kicked and we're right back in the same place. Not gonna wood here. Yeah. But I want us to keep this up. Because if we do, I think we would hundred percent have a chance at the wild card spot. Oh yeah, for sure. And who's in that wild card spot right now? Coyotes. They're not staying there. They're not staying there. No. The blue the blues around. would take that spot or the flames would take that spot before the coyotes will. So mm-hmm. I mean or the Kraken. Kraken are tied with us at twenty eight points. We just shut them out a couple of games ago. Yeah. So like that's so we're we're improving for yeah. sure. There's room. I, I think again that's a testament to what's happening with the leadership in the in the group. Um So you were at the game yesterday. I was. How how is the energy in the building fan wise? I mean, uh, is dude. it is it nor as normal as it is, you know, craziness? Like we, well, everybody's lit. Transparently, we obviously always have a few drinks before we get there and whatnot, and just kind of how the games go. So we had a couple of drinky poos with all, you know, in all six of us that went. It was good, except for my brother in law who did not have any because he's underage. But we had a great time. <laughs> the energy in the building was electric. It was a matinee Saturday game, one p.m. Packed start, house. packed house. I don't know if it was if it was loud or not. I didn't see like the statin, like the big jumbotron, but they had the shirt guy back. Are you familiar with the shirt guy at the Wild Games? Mm-mm, he's no. he's a paid dude who the Wild and other hockey teams and the sports teams, I believe, pay to be a hype man. But his shtick is wearing a goofy set of pants and like 11 or 12 of the team shirts. They'll put him randomly in the crowd somewhere, and then all of a sudden they'll do like one of those like get up and dance segments. They'll show a couple of fans, and they'll show this dude. And he'll get up, and he'll go nuts. Dude, I don't think I've seen that guy. What oh, the man, heck? I love I love watching this guy. I call him just a shirt guy because he'll get up and they'll play like some super hardcore like rock anthem or whatever and then he'll get up and he'll just get the whole crowd going and just get the energy going. Then his thing is he'll rip off a shirt. I was going to say, if he's got he 11 shirts on, I'm assuming he starts ripping them off. Yep, he rips them off. He's in the one section. He'll throw them to somebody. He'll stand up on the railing in the middle of like the, the aisle where you walk up and on the stairs. Like he'll get up there. He'll get the whole crowd pumped up and going. So like for the energy in the building for a one o'clock game when the Vikings were playing at noon that day, who also lost. It I don't was want to talk awesome. about that, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But the, 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 the wild one, energy in the building was electric. It was awesome. If it you was want to hear me really talk game. about Vikings, tune in like in like two days. Literally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll Thursday talk about morning. That too. But yeah, no. And then the DJ, whoever the hell the wild hired a DJ, dude, that dude's killer. He's good. All man. game, dude. Like, yeah. So. No, it's good to hear that. That I haven't been to a wild game yet this year, so that's why ah. I was curious where the energy level is. That was you our know, first in the stands first one. Yeah. because like that matters. That it, matters, especially when you're a struggling team. Yes, um, and a wild team that sold out for like 15 years in a row and now mm-hmm. haven't been. Yep. Don't get me wrong; it's still packed in there, but it's it's just a little less. I think amp. Minnesota fans are just sick of mediocrity and they're sick oh. of losing and they're sick of first round exits, which well, is what the, yeah. the wild are considered around the league like if there's other podcasts we could call for the Canucks or the yep. you know the Blues or something I, I guarantee you that you know they're like oh the Wild are perennial playoff team but that's it they don't do shit in the playoffs and they're First totally right they're yep. totally right so that's something that just has to change so that, again that's why like seeing us struggling I was curious the energy in the building granted now again seven and three in the last 10 so I, I just let's just keep going up let's just keep trending up let's keep riding that roller coaster I hope it continues. Obviously, there's a roller coaster for a reason. There's going to be dips in the season, but it's all about how you handle those dips. And I believe we played against, I think it was Vancouver a few weeks ago, and that was our first shutout against us with John Hines as the head coach. And he even said in an article with, with Athletic again that we're going to learn from this. And they haven't gotten beat like that since. So, well, And John Hines is still learning who the hell his players are. That's true. He did say in you the know, first he's game. He's been here, he's like, what, nine games, ten games? Those numbers. Yeah. So he probably doesn't even... You know, he's still learning now. Eventually, that's no longer an excuse. Yep. But, like, he's he's still got to figure out who does what 
the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't been coaching, as far as we know, since May. Had a little hiatus, kind of, you know. So until he kind of gets back in the full swing of things, you know, I'm I'm happy where we are. I agree. No, I, I think with him, I think that's also why Galagoski is getting such a good shot right now because he, he hasn't really been around to see any of the goof-ups potentially. Maybe he's gone back and watched some film or whatever, but, like, you're going to get what you get. And I think with a lot of the head coaches, you're going to, if you're a new coach, you're going to put who's the hot hand out there. You're going to put the guys who are putting in the effort, making that, you know, making making the effort, right? You're going to put the guys out there who are trying. Well, and if you're going to play well for the new coach, that just moves you up his personal list. Agreed. You're you know what rewarded I mean? usually for that, right? You know? I so. agree. I'm hoping that things continue to go the way that they are. It is a roller coaster, but it's all about how you handle the the dips and the, um, the elevation of the roller coaster. We're on a good high right now. Hopefully we keep it going. But with that said, man, this has been an awesome episode. I really do appreciate your time, man. Uh, with that said... That's all we got for this one this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Smouncy, appreciate you being flexible and coming in, man. Oh, no doubt. I love coming in. I will try to get maybe a wild pot out a little quicker than we did this time. But uh, all you uh, Vikings fans, too, tune into the NFL pod. Any NFL fans, tune in the NFL any pod. Any NFL pod. You guys cover any, multiple any games NFL. and all sorts yeah. of good stuff. So with that said, this has been Ringside Chirps with Banning with the Boys. I've been Kevin. That's been Smouncy. Make sure you like. Comment, follow, and subscribe. We're pretty heavy on YouTube and Spotify right now, so make sure you check us out on both of those. And, uh, yeah, boys, I'll catch you in the next one. Go take some slappers. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.